giving somebody a title is like the coolest thing you could do for somebody, right? Because it shows your level of like, respect, and care for what they do and how they move. And you getting a title from someone else means that you guys have created memories together and there's a measure of respect there. One that's going to last a really long time. If you want to get deep, you can say that this is honor being bestowed on you if you receive the title. Well, inside the world of fitness and athletics, the greatest title that you can get is that of coach. Coach, the word is a coronation. It says, we have shared, I have learned as a student because of your help. Think of the last 10 years where everybody calls themselves coach. Students who were training under somebody never called them coach until like 2019 and now everyone's called coach and well we should be if we're really about that lifestyle but the problem occurs when coach goes a little bit too far welcome to ego killer i'm johan welcome to another show we're gonna try it my friends peeling back another layer of that human condition finding what goes on underneath giving you repeatable usable actionable advice moves that you're going to employ today so you can figure out how to walk the way that you're supposed to walk how you're supposed to move the way that you're supposed to move on a daily basis to do that we got to figure out the meat we got to get to the meat oh the nitty-gritty of who we are how we act and we have to acknowledge some stuff right in order for us to get by the ego we need to acknowledge what has held us up so this right here is your chance to take a deep look into self peel back another layer all right and that's what we try to do right here and a lot of the times i'm going to talk to you about some fighting stories or in this case case a, a coaching story right and i thought a lot about the nature of coaching and ego and it's funny as i was thinking about it yeah i was just flooded with memories because this right here is a place that is hyper loaded with all types of ego driven behaviors right in the world of coaching and fitness right a lot of the times you can just go out into the gym right now and you can see ego inside of a lot of the coaches right from the way that they dress the way that they move or stylize themselves the way that they brand you can just see it a lot of the times maybe coaches are looking um to show out and show off right with the way that they dress right now these days instead of actually focusing in on you guys when you're the client or the consult or the um customer and so again i was just like oh yeah i remember that time and that time and i remember old boy and old girl she was nothing that all of these coaches in the past that i've thought of or i've seen or i've worked under that have been hyper egotistical and again Our hope is to just examine the ego, whether you are part or a student of a coach that's ego driven, or if you've been kind of in a space in your life, like you've had to self protect because you've been going through some bullshit in your life. And that made you really like distant from helping others, right? The level of empathy just wasn't even there. So again, this is Ego Killer, this is what we try to do, we try to take a look at Ego and all of its forms and machinations, and you know what I mean, it shows up looking like, dressed all nice on Monday, then the Ego shows up on Friday, begging for change, whatever it might be, like a Kendrick Lamar lyric or something. So, we're going to talk about the role of coaches and their Egos, and like I mentioned before, 
off top, I could already think of injurious coaching styles. So let me know, right? If you are a coach, have you ever been so tired that your clients, coaches, customers, excuse me, clients, customers, or people that you're working with just got none of your good attention? Like you kept all the good stuff for yourself because maybe you showed up to, you, you were hydrated the night before, right? You know what I mean? You were hydrated. You were ventilated from the night before, and you went to work the next day, and you were a trainer or a coach, and you just weren't giving out the goods that day. Let me know in the comments. Let me know. Or are you on the other side where you just kind of noticed over time that your coach wasn't really simpatico with what you had going on right there, right? Your goals where you had lofty goals, and they were kind of capped because of the style of the coach that you had involved. So for me, I've noticed a lot of things over the years. I've noticed that coaches come in all flavors, shapes, heights, color. They like Skittles. They're like Starbursts. There's so many different types of coaches. And so you got to think about the coach as the person that's going to help teach you a measure of knowledge about your life and body that you didn't know before because they have gone through the same trials heroin you're trying to move through right now because of their past experience they're gonna combine some type of formal education with that experience condense and truncate the time frame it took for them to move through it and get you there faster even than what they did right it's like kind of having a great parent in your life where the parent's job if you're a quality parent is to make sure that the children don't go through all the bullshit parent went through growing up every generation it should get easier so also let me know in the comments if you're in the generation where your life is harder than your parents like, like who fumbled there <laughs> like your life is hella hard and your parents grew up with like trust funds or something like does that happen anyway um the job of a great coach is to minimize the time frame it is from the onset of our initiative for change, for results, for outcomes, for physical performance, for lifestyle behavior changes, minimize the amount of time it takes between the initiation and that final outcome of the goal, winning that trophy, showing immersion, right? Immersing yourself in an environment that was way too huff, tough to handle before you got coached. Winning that trophy, winning that medal, getting that honor, learning self-dignity. The time it takes needs to be shorter and it needs to be more concise. All right. You did that. You're a good coaching. But the problem is along the way, your coach can take a lot from your soul, your spirit, from your psyche. And that's no point. All right. Because the, the why is that? Because we task coaches with so much sometimes. And there is a level of unreal expectation that comes along with dealing with everybody. I know some of you guys over the years have come up to me asking the absolute most. And you, you, when I say that, what do you think of? Right? What do you guys think of? Do you think it's because you came up and asked to lose 150 pounds? Right? But you're 60 years old and you're like 250 pounds. You know what I mean? Like, because that's pretty unrealistic. Also, why would you care if you're 60? Right? Um, 
like 250. Like, let's say you're good. Live it up. Drink some wine or something. Uh, live that life. Do your thing. Walk, walk it off. Right? But when I hear some of the most unreal expectations, it has everything to do with the opposite. It's like, I see you guys are like really sh- lean and you want to be Olympic lean. Right? Like, you pull up looking like you. You want to leave, right, looking like like um, uh, Shikari Richardson or Errol Spence or somebody. Like some gy- like one of these gymnasts. And it's like, well, you got to do so much work. It's not worth it. So I understand from my perspective as being a coach that sometimes the expectations are super pie in the sky but then again as a coach as someone who has been given a title not just given but gifted a title it becomes our job to say your expectations are are they're weird yo they're they're too much they're way too much they're the most calm down get right and we can work from there with some honesty and empathy between both of us So we all already know the power of empathy. Very powerful. It's the connection, right? It's that namaste business. It's where the soul in me, the divinity in you meet. It is basically, I understand the goodness in you and the goodness in me need to work together. That's empathy. We need to make sure that as coaches, me as a coach and a student still to this day, but when I'm gifted that title, as a coach that I'm always listening that you guys when you gift someone else that title of coach maybe it isn't even so formal when you call someone your your coach or your leader or your guide or your or the homie or whatever the homegirl that they are compassionate and listen every once in a while because it is very easy especially inside the world of the fitness of the gym maybe it's when somebody who is a recovering addict right and they have a lot of stuff going on in their life and they're trying to coach or sponsor somebody else but they haven't really figured it out for themselves totally it is incumbent on people in that position to move better all right so let's talk about it this is when coaches actions decisions with students are motivated by their ego all right their self-interest, their self-centered desires trump the well-being or growth of students. All right, this is where coaches might prioritize personal achievements, recognition, gains, forego making connections because they're trying to big up themselves. They're chasing that clout or whatever it might be. Maybe they have a name or a brand that they're trying to protect and defend at all costs. And the branding can't be tarnished by a failure or a loss. In the context of fitness a coach might try to showcase more gaining social evaluation rather than working with clients or you guys when you're the clients on your goals this is usually a lack of listening and understanding that goes down right there all right so we also we already know like when you're not being asked open-ended questions when the body language ain't really receiving and it's more about pushing away Right. And we have somebody in front of us that's a coach and they have low EQ. We talk about this, that emotional intelligence when that stuff is really, really low. You're not going to get anywhere. 
prank, you're gonna be like, hey, are you even listening? Like, what's the deal? You even, no, you even care. Like, you're just looking at your phone the whole time, or you give me one word answer back, or you know what I mean? I understand. Some of the best coaches, they're gonna have to do a little bit of, um, I wanna say ballet. They're gonna be skirting the line between how much they're gonna listen to the plight of the many versus doling out 100% of their efforts for the truly committed. And while it isn't really your job as a student to pull up and show and wear the badge that says, I'm fully committed, I'm the squeaky wheel over here, squeak, 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 that's not necessarily your full job, but it is also part and parcel of empathy, all right? And your own ego being set aside for the greater, um, self-preservation of the coaching student relationship all right so we're gonna so for me like i've noticed again right it's the skittles you open those skittles you got some that you like some that you love some that you hate and some that you'll deal with right flavors all different flavors of those candies right there and over the years and especially inside of fitness and fight gyms i've met all manner of coaches i've met really nerdy coaches who are super smart i've met really militarian coaches who is do it my way or get the fuck out i've heard coaches say that get the f out when i was a kid i had pop warner football coaches who were some of the coolest dudes on the planet right one of my coaches actually wrote a paper about one of my coaches in college because he was so memorable the dude he was 6'4 330 pounds still pretty muscular and he would smoke these huge maduros during practice we're all 12 and 13 year olds getting hit in the face with thick maduro smoke every practice and he would joke around he would they would all curse in front of our parents but they weren't doing it in an angry way and some of the most supportive people to this day that i'll ever meet in my life shout out to the santa clara lions organization they're the most supportive coaches i've ever met some of the best motivators i've ever been around right despite all of their seemingly colloquial misgivings or superficial kind of you know what i mean like oh that's how you move you're gonna bring cigars to practice yeah, and coaches also gonna bring out the very best in a group of young boys, right? And the cheerleading squad probably had similar things go down with them. I always remember them getting screeched at on the sidelines and being sent for laps. Um, again, shout out to Santa Clara because I would hear how dope that organization was, and it's a nonprofit. It's still moving after what, like 70 years in existence. Uh, if I did my math correct, about 60, about 60. In any event, that's what those, I had coaches like that. I had fight coaches who were super hands-off, right? And some that were super aloof. I've seen every manner in between. So again, in the comments, what kind of effective coach have you guys been across? And what coaches left you kind of jaded? And that's really what I want to speak to today. What to do if your coach was really, 
restrictive because I've personally had coaches that have been ultra restrictive also in my day, right? I've had that too. Coaches weren't letting you kind of grow because they were way too concerned with winning, with following the rule set, with doing exactly what they told you to do, with keeping the order of all the students in line, not letting anyone freaking breathe, wearing a uniform. And then at the end of the day, that gets results. It gets short-term results because you're able to bend short-term will into some fashion of victory making it so that the goal is to win in the short term but the long term that type of oversight does nothing nothing but damage it's like you get out of a bad marriage or something and then you start just going on going to strip clubs non-stop because you need to feel whole again you need to feel something again right so i've seen that happen also i've seen coaches where a lot of students listen intently for a very long time until coach would throw so i had a personal experience um where i left working with a coach because i noticed that every time that there was fights in the gym right fights coming up like uh point point fights that i would always be like the first one to spar everybody on the team everybody on on there on there on on the team that was doing that tournament right so not the um just like the point tournament point tournament is a kickboxing tournament where your job is to score points and how do you score points you just touch the other person without them defending it right so the punches don't have to be hard they just have to land your techniques don't have to be crushing. They just have to land. So, like, the top of your glove has to land on, like, my cheek. That's a point. Your leg, the shin, has to land above my thigh. That's a point. It doesn't matter if it's hard or light. In theory, if I just walk forward like a rock'em, sock'em robot and just go tap, 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 tap on your cheeks, I'll win a 1,000 to 1 or something like that, right? So, here, here I go again, right off top. Here we go. It's time to spar. Get in there. Yohan, get in there. All right. Start throwing. Throw the uh, the two, the two, three with the middle kick. Start off with that. Yohan, don't let him touch you. I, whoa, whoa, whoa. What happened here? He got all this cool, like, direction what to do. Like, he got all this, like, like, just, he got, he got, <laughs> he got code, right? He got code. He got coaching right he got a message he received instructions and was promised reinforcement afterwards me it was just like don't die you mean so i'm like okay i can actually do that like we're good i've been in that space before it's kind of how i move guys so i'm like all right cool survival mode let's do this um i was much younger at the time so I was just starting to flick out that jab. I was just getting moving, walking around, da da da. And the first thing that happened was I kick old boy in the head. This was this guy was 6'2, 6'3, Chinese man, about 200 and I'm gonna guess about 20 pounds, and he was hissing, hissing, right? <sighs> Through his mouthpiece and headgear. 
because he had just been so charged up that he actually started to be more like clumsy and coach was like yelling at him meanwhile i was like holy shit this guy's gonna excuse me this guy's gonna walk me down and beat me up i just gotta get on my toes my bicycle as we call it and move stick and move so the first thing i did was kick him in the head because i broke back off i'm not gonna let you get to me back up so i landed right and i don't throw the full kick i just kind of stop it and he did have his hand kind of up there and it slams him and throws him off center coach says what was that you just lost five points so i'm like "Uh uh-oh so he's still hissing i can hear him he's five what not five feet that's too far maybe about three to two to three feet away and hissing he's got his face is turning red his hands are clenched i'm like bro that's the opposite of fighters move in silence you're like one of those this is like a bullfighting arena right you're the bull and i'm the i'm the dainty bullfighter with his rapier just poking holes in your back flagging you down right now ole so i step to the right i give him a two-piece and then i give him another body kick they all land because he's so angry he's not focused he was actually a great competitor and coach was just screaming at him so many many rounds later i have to face the next dude that's competing in one of these tournaments and then after that i have the next guy who's going to compete in one of these tournaments and all of them are fresh right like i'm there early they were kind of suiting up late and the next guy fought he was fresh i'm tired then the next guy, and i'm just like yo why am i being tanked i'm the tank here like what and that happened a couple of times that made me kind of question the the modus operandi because, well, I didn't show up to practices thinking I'm going to be the tank. I noticed that that happened a little bit too frequently, and it made me question really what was going on in this particular situation. Are we really working on skills or are we looking to just win at all costs? Coaches that have been really respectful, on the other hand, have been people who respect the way that you learn. They provide a sense of learning inside the gym. I had a coach who was a good friend of mine who would constantly be positive about every little thing. Coach would be happy when you win. He would be happy if you had a rough day. He would be happy (laughs) if you got boxed up or kicked because not necessarily happy, but positive. All right. He was Mr. Brightside. He'd always have a positive spin on it. He'd always be like, stay active, stay moving. And for me, that was hyper encouraging because I felt like there was always a chance to redeem myself. Even if I had a bad day in practice, if I had a bad day in general, I was always able to get back on because my friend, my coach would say, don't worry about it. All you got to do is rest up and come back when I would get injured. And I thought my shoulder was going to fall off because of the arthritis that was playing up. He would tell me, oh, no worries. 
So I hear that you're injured, that you can't punch as you barely moved your arm for the last three days. Why don't you just take the day off and then see what you can do? And you might think that that's pretty obvious. But on the flip, you can have a coach like the other coach that I was talking about. If you're injured, they'll look at you and be like, mm, that's not good. Don't know what you're going to do about it. There's a big difference between the two. One, one coach is all about winning all about what you have done lately all about the moves that say you need to either show an unbelievable almost unrealistic level of toughness focus and discipline that can exist again in the short term not the long term rather than be happy healthy for the long term and I can tell you one thing right now as a coach myself that says why you are training no matter what you are training for in general you should always be thinking about the moves you're going to make in the long term and how what you're doing today fits into the global longevity of your body and of your mind if the moves you're making today are totally unsustainable i'm gonna tell you to go ahead and stop stop the dumb keto diet stop the ridiculous over supplement buying like buying too many supplements and not enough food stop skipping eating fruit because it has sugar in it none of that is sustainable you're going to take the biggest l in the world emotionally when you actually have to go and start eating normally all right if you've ever had coaches who have taken your money for example this is another type of bad coach okay let's do bad coach good coach i've heard of people that i've trained over the years who are all too pleased to take your benjamins when you offered them your money asking for advice and diets to compete and instead of them telling you that maybe you need to end up in the gym for a really uncomfortably long but super doable and necessary amount of time they told you, give me five G's, I'll hook you up with all the gear in the world. Give me three G's, I'll give you a diet, I'll give you your gear, I'll give you a workout plan, and I'll train you once a week. Give me triple digits per session, and I'll get you bringed up in no time. I've heard all of these things, and then when I come along and I spit something completely different to this particular trainee the trainees can't hear me i have to say the same hey no you can eat fruit fruit's good for you no 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 no. don't worry about that don't do no fasted cardio that's not what you're looking for right now no 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 do not actually skip breakfast every three days no 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 you can lift kettlebells you can run running's fine kettlebells are good hey i've had to go back and undo all of the shit coaching sometimes because a coach wasn't thinking about anything but stacking their bread stacking their padding their own portfolio right reinforcing their brand padding their portfolio and not about what your needs happen to be 
I've met other coaches who, going back to one of my friends, I remember I told him, I've been to a few gyms, right, just to try them out. And I had actually missed out on training with him for a while. And when I found him again, before I got there, I went to try out another gym briefly. It was really far away. They're the only ones kind of teaching Muay Thai. And I asked him. I told him where I was training. And he's like, sure. You know what? Why don't you just come to us too as a supplement? We're in your toolbox. And whenever there's competition to be had, come and learn with us. Just use us as a toolbox. When he said that, that told me all I needed to know. I said, I don't need to go anywhere else because you guys have left the door open. I've been in some situations or seen other coaches who tell you to leave right after the job is done. Whereas someone like myself, a lot of the trainers that I consider cut from the same cloth or of the same ilk, were willing to sit there and learn and entertain all manner of silly and unserious, but also helpful questions that you guys drop on us at any given moment. Because that's really what it's about. That title carries a lot of responsibility. And depending on the size of the coach's ego, they can be ready solutions to really don that mantle right to take that title and rock with it or they can be the kind of the other way and be very kind of um i want to say asshole-ish about the whole thing and not be a quality person when it comes to helping others out not having that empathy having too big of an ego caring more about the prestige that you have the title I wear that title with a huge amount of um, humility. I've been given gifts that say coach on it. You know, from other places that I've, when I've trained fighters, I've been given gifts that say coach on it. I've been called coach by people who I see as extremely high level competitors and professionals where it makes me feel good. So I've learned over time to drop the ego. Of course, we all have our moments and Sometimes there's stuff going on in our personal life that's impossible to compartmentalize and separate out from the rules of coaching, but you still have to find a way to do that in order to get you what you need. And what is it that you need? Oftentimes what you need is someone to talk to. You need an ear. You need someone with some experience and knowledge to help you find the beats to your own success, and you're hoping to peel their brain their human condition and find a little bit of the nuggets between the ears so that they could let you eat off their plate that's right and succeed on your own what do you need are you able to convey that when you do are you received or are you you know stiff armed right are you marshawn lynch you got that beast mode stiff arm when coach you tell hey coach you know i need to stay after and work on my stuff well i'm about to be out you're on my time <laughs> you got that beast mode on the chin. That's tough sometimes, right? That's tough sometimes. Do you feel lighter when you leave coach? Coach's presence, right? Do you feel lighter? When women coach with men, do you do, do you women feel like you're treated completely differently? Other than the fact that you might weigh a little less. Do you are you treated completely differently, right? Like you're not supposed to be too at all right are you told to smile in an opportune moment <laughs> all of these can be 
a Marshawn Lynch, right? A beast mode chin check, a stiff arm that says, I'm not willing to help you because I'm protecting my own interests a little bit more than they need to be protected. And so what do you do when that's happening? Well, you've got to leave the situation like a horrible relationship that's gone tits up. You got to leave the relationship behind and figure out how to make your own moves. You have to end up in a space where you're reflecting about how you were stifled. Your creativity was blown out. Speaking of, okay, that brings me to this, right? Thank God for suffixes is like this burnout. That's what's going to happen. So the burnout is real. You will burn out quicker and often under the auspices of a shit coach. And it's your job to remember that and to bounce back from burnout. When burnout becomes too much, you need to remember not to burn out. You need to spend some time reflecting on self. Spend time building up that self-compassion and that love, right? You need to be able to set new boundaries for yourself. When you're already having to set boundaries, be kind to yourself. So like when you leave that coaching situation, remember that your creativity is good. Your new destination, your new coach is working with you. You've already learned from someone that wasn't letting you grow. Learn from a trainer that was more busy looking at what's on her phone or wearing really small shorts and showing out to the gym rather than helping you build. You have to remember that that's not always the case. Scrutinize a little bit more. Learn how to be empathic with yourself so that you can see the signs in your coach. Set healthy boundaries. This is something that you always want to learn on the outside. And all of this matters whether we're talking about fitness or the gym or fighting or um, getting advice from people that know more than you, right? And they're trying to kick you down some of that game, trying to lace you so that you can go ahead and be a better person in life. Um, It's important to qualify them too. And also to remember that um, they're human. So um, if they do exhibit high levels of, of protection, your job to set those boundaries right there and even though you respect their moves respect what they're telling you you got to also remember that it has to be a two-way thing right just because someone is lacing you giving you the goods giving you some great advice they also need to be open between the ears and in the actual ears Let me know what you guys think. Try that out for yourself. Make the best moves you possibly can. And stay all the way.